Blog Talk Radio. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by space in a lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310982 4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through The next tree branch is Rainer and it's best to listen to Reason, science, and skepticism It's loaded with straight facts, inspiring and dope She can make Bill Nye retire with lab coat Humans are hilarious and every other Friday I'd like to hear commentary on culture people So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline To discuss what we're capable of ultra evil It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street But if it's collisions, well then you got to just mention it And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance When Father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop So Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have a sin family in all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates around This is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night We don't walk by faith in a lot (laughs) <laughs> Yo! Hello! Hi, everyone. Mario, I can barely hear you at all. You sound like a thousand leagues under the sea right now. How that be? Hello? You hear me now? Yep, I can hear you now. Cool, I can dig it. Yo, Alrighty. happy Friday, Lola, everyone. Happy... Yeah, exactly. This was, man, shit. It's been raining all week, man. I had to work in the rain today, so it ain't all that. Happy yeah, it's it's apparently raining all up and down the East Coast. Um, down here in Florida, it looks like a tropical storm, except there's not. Um, it's kind of sad because um. Many moons ago, I would have taken this weather as an opportunity to go surfing. <laughs> but, um, you yeah, surf? you know, yeah, I can surf. <laughs> Despite the weather, it is really, really nice. Um, I think it's really, really nice out here. Um, but that's because I didn't have anywhere to go today. I'm sure if I'd been caught out in this rainy weather, I would be singing a different tune. <laughs> Damn. I, I can't even swim. <laughs> What's up with five people who can't swim, though? What's up with that? I, mean, I, I just never learned that. You know, I, you know I, I, I can't berate you too badly about that because um, there are tons of Haitians that can't swim, and, and, I mean, we were born on an island surrounded by water. <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, it's it's I, I think it's I think it's something that's deeply embedded in black culture. Um I think there are several reasons. Um you know, dating back from you know, back to slavery, where why a lot of black people don't know how to swim. Um, you know, a lot some slaves are taken from landlocked areas and then you had them not knowing how to swim because nobody wanted you to swim away. They didn't even want you to run away. And, I mean, there, I'm sure there are many, many issues today, but it's kind of like a tradition, like, I don't know how to swim, and I'm all right, so my kid doesn't even know how to swim, or it's just not taken as a something that is necessary to learn. But you should definitely learn how to swim as soon as possible, Mario, like ASAP. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I don't want to be out there and, like, you know, drown and shit. I mean, that would suck. Yeah. Um, okay. Going to the topic of. What did you say? You need to do it, though, right? I, I can't hear what you're saying. You good? Yes. Cool. I can do it. So. I, I, I don't know. I think it's yeah. the weather's messing with our connection. Nah, it's um, probably so. Probably so. We'll muddle along through it. But check it. Yeah, we'll be. We decided we decided to have a nice, friendly, easygoing, funny ass conversation this time. Really lighthearted, but we'll talk about maybe a little freaky dicky type stuff, you know, on the sexual end, you know, uh getting on the nitty gritty, the horizontal mm-hmm. shuffle, putting a snake in the grass, beef and vegetable stew, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, however you wanna figure it out, that's what we're talking about. Uh, 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 what the hell was that? Was that a soundbite from a porno? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I got That, sounds, I got that sounded like I was listening to something I shouldn't be listening to because I'm a good girl. No, I'm just kidding. Our topic tonight is um, um, sex and relationships. Um, and we are going to talk about um, sex, relationships, dating, and the way that they differ from um, um, an atheist perspective in the atheist community. Um, I just, um, I feel like, well, I mean, let's start first with, before even the dating and courtship process, let's talk about standards. There are certain things that Christians, especially Christian women, desire from a partner that an atheist woman wouldn't consider as important or might actually find repulsive and a turn off. Um, I know that many Christian women speak very highly of wanting a man who is, quote, unquote, a man of God, a man who belongs mm-hmm. to a church and who, put God's fir- who puts God first, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, speaking from my own personal experience, um, I um, dated and got married as a theist. But even as a theist, I had the mindset that I did not want to date a religious man because from what I had seen growing up, and I've been very immersed in church life, was that the men who spoke of the Lord the most, um, who was the most devout, was um, either a pervert, um, a pedophile, or a homosexual. And putting all that aside, I'm... I'm just very selfish. I don't want the person I'm with to love God more than they love me. Um, So that is a decision that I grew to be appreciative of when I became 
an atheist during my marriage. But a lot of Christian women don't want that. They would have been very, very turned off by the idea of dating a man who didn't believe. Yeah, I've run into quite a uh, quite a bit of trouble uh, before. I mean, I'm, I I started kind of slowly losing my um, taste for living the more I, I got into my twenties and everything. So, and telling someone that you know is that uh, that a potential thing. Like, uh, you go to, you go to church? No, I don't go to church. Um, and everything I don't really too much get into it. You believe in God though, right? Uh yeah yeah I mean if there's anything you know anything to keep me getting getting up in there yeah I I, I believe that and then you know and and the the more um I got out of, uh out of belief and everything and stuff uh, the more I just kind of started just you know, I started being a lot just being direct and saying straight up you know let's go ahead and get this out of the way so you don't waste your time I don't waste mine um. I don't believe in God. I don't go to church. I don't associate anything with religion. I have disdain for religion, as a matter of fact. And some some women have been able to cool, deal with it, but a lot of them have rejected me purely for that. Even though if I hadn't have told them that, I probably still could have gotten up in there. You know what I'm saying? When I was, you know, and, I mean, it didn't seem like it really affected anything other than, you know, somebody, I mean, it, it, uh, um. The, the person I'm dating now is a deal. And uh, we we never talk about it uh, and suffer in passing and casual conversation or something like that. But she is dead set on marriage. She is set in her mind about marriage and whatnot. And she, we, in a recent uh, discussion we had, she looked at our, um, you know, we were talking about compromises. And she considered her being with an atheist to be a major compromise for her because uh, um, she's with somebody who doesn't believe in God, so she believes that she prays is only going to be half effective or something like that. And, you know, um, kind of worries her about what I believe in. And I don't know. I just, I don't give a shit, but she, she, gives, she cares and everything. So I guess that, I had to look at it from her perspective too. Mhm. Um, you know, as far as what people want out of relationships, and I've seen this with a lot of black men especially, where they do not um, attend church regularly. They're kind of like those word-only Christians who will bring up God sometimes, pray if there's in a group that's praying, but is not the kind of man who's going to pray on his own or read the Bible or attend church on a regular basis, but he wants a God-fearing woman. And mm-hmm. Um, he wants a woman that will that that is involved in the church and will raise children that are involved in the church. Um, I've never, you know, I didn't understand it. And I, I spoke with a friend of mine or an acquaintance, um, um, more accurately. He just said, you know, um, Christian women are just more trustworthy, or religious women are just more trustworthy. Because she doesn't just she knows she doesn't have to just answer to me she has to answer to God as well so it's kind of like mm-hmm. that fear um, or this insecurity that this man has and he feels that her belief might in somehow assuage his guilt um, and you know I mean his his um, insecurity and make him feel a little a little bit more comfortable about the relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, besides courtship, 
when you get into dating, that's when you get to the really good stuff because we know there's a huge difference between the way um, theists and atheists date. Not so much as activities they do well. Activities can vary too, but not so much that as the end goal. I mean, you mentioned that the end goal of marriage, and a lot of people, especially non-believers, are kind of moving away from the idea of marriage. But then you also have um, um, roles in the relationship, expectations of the partner in the relationship, et cetera, et cetera. So we would see, you know, the differences in that. I know for a lot of um, theists, there is a question of sex. That doesn't seem to be such a huge issue for theist men. They don't seem to have the emotional hang-ups and guilt that a lot of theist women have in association with sex. There are very, very few theist men who are waiting for um, marriage to have sex with their partner. There are very few theist men in their mid-20s who are virgins by choice. Um, but with theist women, it's not the same ballgame, even if they no. do have sex. It does so much guilt involved in it. You know, and, and that's what I'm talking about, man. I, I have never looked at. I mean, I, I when I when I was still at the uh, somewhat of a theist, I I, I kind of had the idea of sex. I even had the the, the male dominance, the patriarchy, patriarchy. Uh, I probably said it wrong either way I go, but like it, you know, um, view of uh, life and relationships and male role and stuff like that. But as I got more, as I got older, and maturity set in, and I'm starting to let a lot of this stuff go. I mean, I have, to the point where, I, you know, I'm listening to my, uh, my homeboy tell me about his 16-year-old daughter about the date and everything, and how he's thinking about he's going to have to walk behind her with a shotgun and stuff like that and keep dudes off of her. And I'm thinking, and I had to ask him, I'm like, dude, you know what I'm saying, uh, what was you doing around her age? You know, you were you were screwing around too. We was all screwing around, and you screwed girls who were around your age. But that and, is his little girl, um, and you know, theist yeah. or not, most men um, live in a mindset of self-inflicted, very conscious denial about their daughter's sexual behaviors. But I wasn't just talking about his daughter. I'm talking about you know, parents in general. Expect their their kids to be uh, uh, better than they were when it comes to the, comes to the subject of sex and sexual relationships, even though they dis- disregard their parents' uh, advice and um and whatnot as well. And, you know, and I got to the point. I'm like this. You know, do you really expect someone to be a virgin until they're 25? Mm-hmm. I mean. When 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 the world, when the, the idea of Abrahamic religions and the accepted worldview of virginity until marriage was um, first came, you know, into the world was first introduced. No one waited until they were twenty five years old to marry. That is considered very very old. Um, teen sex is not anything new. The only thing that has changed these days um, is not. Um, teen pregnancy or teen sex, but um, teenagers doing those things out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and you know basically... You like discipline. Exactly. I mean, that's... And, you know, society has changed. The value of society has changed. No longer are we sitting here telling women that 
you have to be a virgin and get married at 15 uh, to the first guy that comes along that's willing to court you and probably wants something out of my family and stuff. And this old marriage is going to work out for all of us. It's just fine. And all that. We're past that time in society. You know, I'm looking at, I look at people clapping for a couple that's been together 50, 60, 70, 80 years. And, you know, that was during a time period in which you dealt with it and you stayed together. Now we have choices. We have options. You don't have to stay in a in a marriage that you don't want to be in. You know, and you know, I think I, that's the big thing that that's such a crisis for people when we're talking about um, things like divorce, things like contraception, mm-hmm. things like um, gay marriage and gay adoption, is not the fact that these feelings are new to anyone because homosexuals have been around for a very long time. I'm pretty sure um, we don't happen to live in the very first generation where there are homosexuals who have wanted to raise children. There are many that have gotten married and um, engaged in a heterosexual relationship for that reason alone, just to be able to be someone's parent. Um, Mm. And there are tons of women who have married for convenience, um, arranged marriages, who wanted to be able to choose their partner or who wanted to be able to leave their partner, tons of women who had children that they weren't ready for or did not want, and now um, everyone's finally saying enough is enough. I'm not just going to sulk and be resentful and, and not ask for what I want. I'm going to ask for it. I'm going to demand what I want because what I want isn't any different from what anybody else wants. I want my civil rights. Right. Um, I want my right to exactly. my own body, and I want my right to my own life. Right. Um, you know, so. the, the whole idea of barring somebody from doing something that you can all already do simply because a book says that those people are less than, are somehow different or less than, I just find that all to be... Exactly. You know? Because how else are you going to look at that? I can do something. You, if you and I would want to get married... Fine. If you want to marry a woman, you know, there's a big-ass problem with that. Why? Because somebody wrote it in a book that something was funky about homosexuality. However you want to word that, because I even seen a lesbian worded to, to say that uh, uh, that only meant men, it didn't mean women. I don't give a shit. I don't, Actually, I don't like that Actually, um, in the Bible, um, in the, in the, it, um, it's the le- lesbianism is not even mentioned at all. Um, yeah. Old, Old Testament. Um, it's a it's a it's a, it's a simple matter of two things. There was um, a yeah, huge issue, and you have to take it into historical context of um, men having relations with young boys, um, mm-hmm. and because they could not be with their wives either because she had just given birth, or she was on her period, and that made her unclean, um, or she was you know too sickly. Um, Another issue is um, men masturbating um, and also um, gay sex, which does not create children, was considered a waste of his seed. As far as anyone knew at that time, um, you know, not knowing how menstruation works and that women ovulate and release eggs, um, you know, whenever she doesn't get pregnant and that's why we have our periods, um, it was considered a great waste of his seed and an affront to God. Um, there's actually a man in the Bible that was that was um, punished by God for this, for masturbating. So 
any of the, anything <laughs> that a man does with his body that doesn't produce a child is wrong. Um, but you know, you know, the women they don't care what you do because this was still a, a period in time where it was not even believed that women enjoyed sex. I just think that's ridiculous that, you know, our God is so petty that he would care about you masturbating. I mean... Well, yeah, uh, don't you know masturbation makes you blind? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes you blind too- and it makes you cross-eyed. And if you do it too much, you're going to just blood. And, you know, I, I, by, that I, I token, by that token, I should be blind hell by now. <laughs> you know, that's what, you know, there's no way it is any. It, I mean, I, I got mean, I got I got to handle it, man. I got you know. And it's so weird. Technically speaking, I should be able to bench press a hundred pounds my right arm alone, versus about sixty pounds my left arm. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird the double standards of the two because you know, as I was saying. A lot of theist men don't have the same hang-ups about premarital sex. They won't feel as guilty about it as theist women. However, the very woman that they engage in this um, quote-unquote sinful behavior with, they'll look down upon her later on for having, you know, led them astray and for having engaged in that behavior herself. Because even if he enjoyed it, she shouldn't have enjoyed it and she shouldn't have done it. And now she's a whore, even though... um, I mean, if you want to get technical about it, any whoring she did was with him. A whore. You know, the way um, I'm, there are groups I'm in that have a lot of fears in them. And uh, when the subject of sex and stuff comes along, you'll have the, the person that, just as freaky as me, gets into it and talks about it just like me and everything like that. Then you got the one person who has holy and vow that, uh, yeah, this my husband is wonderful because he draws this, you know, and I'm here to treat my husband. And then you got the, the person who is, you know, doing this weird, really weird thing that they that they call uh, celibacy, some type of weird, evil type of thing in which you just voluntarily choose not to have sex. You know, celibacy is actually, I really think it should be considered a form of torture. It is much worse than abstinence. Um, Before I met, um, you know, the man that I eventually ended up marrying, we were um, just dating. I'd been a virgin for all that time, and um, I didn't, it wasn't hard for me um, because I'd grown up in a very sheltered environment. Um, I associated sex with love and, and had never um, been in romantic love before, and I did not know what sex felt like. But to tell a person who does know what sex feels like and has had an orgasm that they shouldn't engage in sex anymore is probably the most evil thing invented. Um, yeah, that, and, you know, anybody that does it for religious reasons, and I know the priests and monks and nuns that do this, um, I'm I'm pretty sure any mental sensibility that they might suffer from, that definitely attributed to it. Yeah, I mean, because you know, I, I me, mean, I, I cannot imagine this, the idea. Of this it's like it's like it's like telling me to stop eating bacon. It's not gonna happen. 
you know. You were bacon. You know, I thought we were going to break up. Damn right. I mean, I, it, you know what I'm saying, a plate of bacon, the warm-up thing, especially when she's in a panties or, you know what I'm saying, a nightgown or something, something like that. I'm all about. Get over here. And let's get on, get it on, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and do this, thing, you know. And then we can get in there. Okay? <laughs> you like that? Um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, there are many issues in life that might cause a person to have to be celibate. Um, but I don't think that doing it, Sorcery. um, of because of some sense of guilt, to, um. And I'm listening being that, you know, can't pay your rent for you, can't make sure that your refrigerator is stocked, can't keep your kids safe, can't keep you healthy, but he's going to watch if you touch yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's creepy. You created an entire universe and you're worried about a man stroking his own dick, which you designed to be sensitive and pleasurable and feel good from the outset. That's your fault. You put the apparatus on me, I'm going to use it. I, you know, I think it is, too, and we've discussed in the past how um, just about anything that feels good to a person is considered sinful. There are some oh, yeah. religions and sects of Christianity where listening to music is a sin. Um, oh, yeah. And I really just feel what, what, it's because when a person is content and satisfied within themselves, it gives a sense of calm and, for some people, even a sense of personal power and religion kind of wants to be that thing that creates the calm and otherwise hectic life. And they want you to feel, and you know, especially religious leaders want you to feel powerless. No power and no true happiness can come except through belief. And this is where the problem comes in. You have removed so many, um, so many real opportunities for satisfaction from your life that you listen to this, trivial, mediocre bullshit, and you think that you have found the end-all, be-all in human fulfillment. You know, you know what cracked me? You ever seen the movie The Crucible? Crucible, yes. That, uh, it's one of my favorite books. Anyone who has not read um, The Crucible um, needs to start re- re- reading it right now. Um, Arthur Miller, amazing book. Go read it. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, um, there's, uh, there's Daniel Day Lewis in it, Winona Ryder, and whatnot. And apparently, he lays some pipe to Winona Ryder, even though he's married to Joan Allen. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, apparently, you know this whole thing. You know, if you read about the Salem Rich trials, you know about all that. And at one part, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on with these chicks and everything. And so, somebody mentioned that the girls were dancing the woods. And so, Reverend Hale looks astonished and looks back at the dude and like. You permit dancing? Like, the fuck's wrong with you? You let this girl dance, man? God, the craziness is going on, you know? And, and it, that, yeah, you see, goes back. what I love... Hmm? Go ahead, go ahead. Don't know, go ahead. No, I mean, I just find it... I, I, I burst out laughing at that scene because, you know, it really goes back to, you know, to, like, the, the idea that in order to be good with God, you have to restrict yourself to anything... That feels good and whatnot. And if you enjoy it too much, then there's a problem and you're damned. You ain't going to ask for forgiveness and everything. And sex has been the most taboo subject ever. You can play a video game in which you can walk up and beat the shit out of people throughout the whole game. 
but if there's a if there's anything sexual in that game, we got a problem. Uh, um, MPAA really This is a specifically American issue. If you um, right. speak with anyone from the UK, you will see that, um, and they'll tell you all the time, they see nudity on TV a lot. But right, the kind of right, gross right, violence exactly. that we see on TV is not, um, it's not something that is shown, and it's because um, Americans. Puritans, like the sort depicted in the Crucible, have a real issue, um, are 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 re- almost offended, not almost, are offended by um, the human form. It is something right. to you be know, covered up or or scorned or um, or um, you know um, not really appreciated, but um, seen with scorn, disgust, or um, as a, something to be exploited. What I love about the Crucible um, is that it showcases something that is still happening in religious communities around the world. Um, I mean, you have this girl who um, I believe it was Mary was a woman that he slept with. You know, she sleeps with a man. He decides um, they have a one night stand, but she she um, she feels that she's in love with him. And she decides she's going to get back at him the worst way that she can by accusing his wife of witchcraft. Um, and in those days, all someone had to do was accuse you, and it was done. It was like the Red Scare here or the Gestapo in Nazi Germany. Once you're accused, it's over for you. And oh yeah, yeah, because uh, and you know, and basically, basically using the. And she was not religious. You could be, the 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 book um, clearly illustrates that the girl was into witchcraft. She was a liar, and she was not above using her friends and saying whatever she had to to get her own way. But she used the religious belief of those around her to manipulate the situation. Um, and I see that so often with um, religious leaders, where. To me, anyways, it's quite clear that a lot of them don't believe the bullshit that they're spewing, but they keep on saying these things because they know that it's what their their um, congregation want to hear, and as long as they keep feeding the sheep what they want to hear, they'll keep getting that money. Um, there's an article I read recently that says that in, I believe it was the past 30 or 40 years, the black churches alone have... Um, have collected um, um, $450 billion, and none of that has gone to the black community. Well, I see Creflo Dollar and T.D. Jakes on TV all the time, and I've never seen them in the same suit twice. And they have multiple homes, and their children are college-educated, and the people in their pews are still begging for a handout, hoping that their child will get a scholarship, hoping to make it out of the dangerous neighborhood that they live in, and they are too blinded by their own belief, and he's used it as a noose to strangle them financially. Yeah. So uh, yeah, exactly. So let me let me ask you. You know, um, when it comes to sex, you uh, do you think that uh, being an atheist gives you less hangups? Do you think you have less hang hangups than atheists? You know. There was a time when I would have said yes, like off off the bat, yes. But then I had to think as objectively as possible, not seeing it from the perspective of an atheist or theist, but just from the perspective of a person 
specifically a woman. And there are a lot of ways that a person can be hung up. You can be religious and still have great body image. Um, and and because you are not, you don't have um, self-esteem issues concerning your appearance. Um, you don't have um, sexual hang-ups about certain sexual acts. Um, you might be able to enjoy sex with your partner more and be a better partner than an atheist who is painfully insecure about what they look like or, um, you know, is has an aversion to certain sexual activities or experimentation. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, I, I really think that it's um, if, if, if you are one of the many theist women that was raised to um, consciously, whether consciously or subconsciously, to view your body as sinful or wrong or something only to be shared with your husband, then it could be a situation where you will have hang-ups until you're married or even long after you're married, and that's another issue. Um, You know, when you're talking about sex, something that involves, you know, bearing yourself to someone, um, allowing someone in your body or, or putting your body inside someone else's, and there are all kinds of sounds and there are all kinds of fluids, that is a situation that if a person is insecure, is going to bring those insecurities bubbling to the surface. Um, whether they believe or not, I see that men tend to have far less sexual hang-ups, and it could be um, residual, um, kind of like something that's taken for granted, um, a, a, a bastard stepchild of the religious community where um, all blame for sexual indiscretion um, and discussion was laid at the foot of the woman. Um, all blame for a man's arousal um, and and his need to fornicate was put at the woman's feet. So a man might not have that many hang-ups. Um, most men that have hang-ups, it usually has to do with their size, and I'm not talking about their entire body, <laughs> um, or their experience. And, um, yeah, um, you know, <laughs> And not I don't think I ever really, really got into the whole size game thing. I mean, I always thought that uh, all that was pretty much superfluous, and just, you know, one way or another. And I have never been the type of person to tell you that, you know, I have 10 or 11 inches because then I will be. I lied. Yeah, exactly. I lied. You know, because I don't. Who gives a shit? You know, if you can get in there and you can handle, handle handle it and make sure that you're enjoying it and she's enjoying or she or he, wherever you're working it out with, do your, do your duty, whatever you're doing, enjoy it. She's enjoying it. They're enjoying it. Everybody's enjoying it. We're having a party in here, and somebody is slinging some body fluid somewhere, then it's all good, you know? Love, especially sex, should be more like, and I, mean, I don't know, I mean, I agree and, you with know, that. Think, and, you know, there are a lot of women that, too, that feel that, oh, my butt's not big enough, my breasts aren't big enough, um, hips not wide enough. There's always something. But if a man wants to have sex with you, he's probably just, you know, ecstatic just to see you naked. Um, and, you know, there, I really believe that it's a combination of um, religion 
and um, um, societal conditioning and reinforcement that cause so many hang-ups in men and women. Um, but, of course, this conversation isn't complete until we talk about how marriages between theists and atheists differ. And we can't have that conversation without bringing up the dreaded term gender roles. Um, we all know that gender roles play a very huge deal in um, theist households. There is the man's job and there's the woman's job, and you don't try to let those roles overlap too much. I mean, there are a few contemporary theist families, but for the most part, um, there are still things that are seen as primarily woman's work or woman's role and a man's role. Right, 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 right. You know the way the way I always always thought about marriage is being. Um, I, I never really really wanted it, you know, and um, I'm seeing somebody who really really wants it, really 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 wants it, you know, and I try to uh, I try to accommodate that. At the same time, I, before I've always been the type of person that I don't want to even consider marriage unless I'm with somebody who makes me want to consider marriage. Until then, I don't really give a shit. I don't really think about it too much. Um, but a lot of the women I've dated who who are, who are theists, they really, really, really have this idea that I want to be married. I want to have this life. I want to have this family. I'm just thinking Odin that she doesn't want to have kids because kids are completely and totally... Nine, 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 nine. 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 It ain't going to happen. I don't want kids. Damn kids. I don't need kids. Kids are twisted, evil mutations of human beings <gasps> bent on destroying your life. No, they're wonderful. That's a Bill Cosby quote, by the way, so I didn't say that. <laughs> they're if you believe that, then you should know that. of awesome life. life and trouble and headache and heartache, but they're worth it in the end because they're adorable and they're yours. I sound like such a Hallmark card right now, but that's the way I feel. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm joking, but I, I, I love kids, but I just don't believe that I'm the one for them, for to have them. And um, but you know, every time I, every time I'm in a relationship, I'm letting them know out the bat that there's there's a possibility that I'm not going to be that one to ask you to marry. You know, and some of them can deal with it, some of them can't. You know, but it still doesn't stop any of us in the bedroom. You know, a lot of times it doesn't affect anything. Um, it's amazing how many these women I've dated. As a matter of fact, there was a woman I dated. Well, there's a woman on Facebook who's married to a pastor who's attracted to me, and she's trying to also uh, get with me in the inbox and whatnot. But at the same time, preparing to be this really nice and docile um, preacher's wife and whatnot. And so she said, you know, I've never slept with a non-believer before. And mm, so I, I, I think she's trying to. I think she's trying to be in the middle of an atheist um, pastor sandwich. Right. So when, after she said, I've never slept with an atheist. Before, I mean, not a non-believer before. I was like, Do you want to know how many believers I slept with? And she like, No, I don't. And I'm like, Okay, well, you know. Because 
I mean, it, it, it really it, it really trips you out how much it really doesn't even matter to most of them. But then again, you know, if you say that I don't go to church or something like that, that's when it becomes a problem. And I don't want to always get up on here and rant about this and this because we do that a lot. But at the same time, when we're talking about sexual relationship, that does have a play into it because if you're dating, if you're out there dating, you're going to encounter all this stuff and somebody is going to be that person who tells you that they, they love God more than they Look at the profiles on the dating site. A lot of times when I see, when I saw female women listing their, what they want or what their values are or what's important to them, they list God first, then family, and whatever. And I'm thinking an immortal being can take care of himself. If God was standing beside you and your son some standing beside you and there was a semi coming, which one are you going to try to save? Well, since you put God first, you're going to try to save him, right? Yes, and those, you know, but I, I don't have a God to put before anybody. So if I'm in a relationship, she's the one I'm taking care of mm-hmm. and whatnot. But, you know, especially when it comes to sex, because, you know, that's kind of like what we're trying to talk about here. So, most of the time, most of the time, um, sex um, becomes the uh, one of the main things that kind of keeps the relationship going somehow. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, the thing about it is, um, you know, as far as marriage and and children are concerned. Um, I think um, atheists tend to take a more aggressive, proactive approach to parenting where I'm not going to give anything to chance. I'm going to do my best to make sure that my child has the best education possible and that I make the best living possible to provide them with the the safest, um, most enriching environment possible to better their chances um, at becoming fill-in-the-blank and make sure that they have the sort of life that they deserve and the sort of life that they want. Um, I'm not just going to um, do just hang in there for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You know, just hang in there and give my ties mm-hmm. and pray that they get a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but... I also feel it's kind of like that way with, um, it can be that way with CS marriages where there's a problem and instead of communicating it to your partner, you insist on communicating it to God and praying about it and hoping that that prayer, um, you know, um, um, nullifies the issue, you know, it eradicates the problem and that's not always the case. But I tell you this though, you know, I'm so thankful for porn because I remember when, when I lived in Conyers, there was the idea of bringing a porno store um, closer to Conyers and to Lithonia, which is still about mm, 10 minutes away, give or take. And um, there was a big uproar about it, you know, because at the time there was still these all these Southern values and stuff like that. Eventually a porno store did make its way into Conyers. But, you know, just all this whole idea that we have this, you know, Puritan society, and this, you know, having a porno store is going to continue to the degradation of our society. This is degrading anyway. And I always found this to be hilarious 
just completely hilarious that you know um um you you um that you had to treat sex like it's such a like it's almost a poison like it's gonna affect something and everything. I got to get my busy on it, man. You know, and and I mean you can't I I cannot see uh, um. How, yeah, I mean, there's, um, there are tons of theists who, after marriage, have, like, uninhibited, really kinky sex. And actually, studies have shown that conservatives um, con- consume more porn than anyone else. Damn right. So, that some bitches uh, uh, lobbying against homosexuality is the one with all the gay porn on the, on the computer. That's what I tell you. Yeah. You know yeah. Wrong one. Anyway, yeah, I mean, you know, and he's always the one who's always talking shit and then end up getting caught with the porno on the computer and then it's more of a, you know. Son of a bitch, Exactly. All right. Um, by the by the way, if you wanna drop drop into the conversation for a few minutes and whatnot, just hit uh Three one zero nine eight two forty two seventy three to get through, and still to this very day, the only way I remember that number is the rhyme that my homeboy Will, Father Teresa, uh, what other names do we have? Yeah, yeah but if you anyway, guys want to talk to us, please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Exactly. If you know it's doing the conversation, I'm more than a loose, loose, loose cannon talk about whatever comes to my mind, be a good or bad type of person. And she actually sounds like she has this stuff planned out before she says it. You know, I mean. Uh, I, I really am. Mind. I really am just, just saying it as it pops into my head. I just happen to think like most people write. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and, um, you know, most of the time they just, oh, I forgot. You have to press one. If you want to talk, you have to press one because it throws up a signal that says, "Hey, I want to say some shit and yeah. whatnot." Can you imagine uh, being with a guy and he's having an orgasm? You know, like, oh, that would ruin the mood. Yeah, yeah, there's that's some sounds. Like there's some sounds that are sexy, and there's some sounds that are like. Not sexy. Um, right, right, right. Oh, t- like, fun uh, fact, fun fact. Um, uh, see? Um, it's cool because we're talking about sex. So it's just actually an educational program, so it's fine. You're just, you're just going to beat that one to death, aren't you? What? That sound bite. Oh, that was two different ones. Okay, okay, okay. One um, one was a guy sound like he was being tortured to death. Another one was a woman doing more. Um, but yeah, there is um a common practice in the Mormon Church where um say a couple is together but they don't want to have sex, and there's a way they can bypass that. And what they do is the man and the woman um lie in bed and with the sheets over them and he's on top of her and her legs are down because it would be too tempting and too provocative and feel too good if her legs were around him. So if her legs are down, 
He was slightly spread, and he puts himself inside of her, and he just holds perfectly still. He doesn't move. He doesn't thrust in and out. He just does that, just not moving. It's kind of getting the noodle wet, really. And it's it's a way that he can kind of like um, take the edge off the desire to fornicate without really fornicating because, come on, how how enjoyable could this possibly be, right? That shit sounds stupid. I mean... <laughs> no, my thing is, I just can't believe that you can do that and not move. I don't think it's physically possible for a man no, to be inside man. a woman and not move. No, and it's going to be some moving going on. Might even break the bed. You know, you know how you're doing. No, you're doing that right. that would be that would be a sin. That's so not chaste. I I love sin. I I'm, I enjoy sin. I'm really having a good time living my life sinning and not thinking. You know what? I'm probably gonna go to hell for it. You know, um, <laughs> you know, because meaning I don't have a hell to worry about. I mean, they'll they'll swear up and down that they're hell. Yeah, you don't you don't want to do that. You don't want to end up in hell. That would be bad. Um, so yeah, just 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 stay there, um, and don't move, and you'll be all right. Um, <laughs> the thing about it is, um, I think the reason why religions are so fearful of sex is because. Good sex can make you really, really um, happy. And great sex can make you feel really, really powerful. And like I said before, you don't want people to be too happy. You don't want them to be too secure in themselves because then why would they need God? Morning sex before work has me saying, by the power of grace, girl, I have the power. I'm going out there and I'm driving this damn truck and I'm going to move these damn boxes because I'm coming back to get some more. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like there needs to be a potion to, you know, if you could bottle that and sell it, you know, as an energy drink, you know what I'm saying, nut energy or something like that, I don't know what you would call it. Hey, we got a flag up, so somebody wants to jump into the conversation. Yay, caller. So, uh, talk to me. Hello? Are you talking to me? Mm-hmm. I'm talking to whoever just called us. <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, what, what what you were saying about earlier about... Um, wait, wait, pause, pause, pause. Who are we speaking to? You're uh, talking to Tim Chambliss. Hi, Tim. Hey, well, you knew that was me. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I, I can see the board. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mario's cheating, and I didn't know. Nice to hear you. <laughs> So you've been reading my comments, huh? Yeah. Um, whose comments? Whose comments? Who, what name are you under? Up. I am under uh, Timothy Chambliss. I have not seen any of your comments. On, oh, Mar- oh, no, no. You're not on the message board for a blog uh, talk okay. radio. Okay. 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 I'm on, um, Mario, did you see them? Um. Well, regardless, regardless, uh, what, what what you guys were saying earlier about uh, you know the 
power of the church. Well, actually, it's more about power and control than it is about God. God is just this thing that they use to gain that power control. If you can control someone's pleasure and uh, their reproduction rights, then you can control them totally. Because, yeah. And if you can have them be their own uh, overseer, so to speak, so you don't even have to be present. So and that is that is the ultimate control. And so, yeah, mental slavery is the most absolute form of slavery. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and, you know, it's like I was saying before, um, you use a person's belief against them to get what you want from them. And it doesn't hurt that not only have you got this person so screwed in the head that they think um, seeking pleasure is wrong, but they're paying you for the privilege of telling them how to live their lives. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, but, you know, one of the one of the very few positive things that I see uh, about religion, and you, you guys talked about this earlier, was that it, it, it serves as an identifier. So mm. when you're in, going back to the dating thing, when someone's, okay, I want a Christian man, then for them that, that also, that, that does two things. It, it uh, identifies what his his thinking is, his morals are, or what one would think his morals would be, because they share the same common religion, so therefore the same thought processes. It doesn't always work that way, but that that's the idea behind it. Okay, mm-hmm. and, the, and the second thing is that, you know, having this religion behind you helps you control this man. It's a, once again, it's about control. See, religion doesn't all, all, only control the people, but it allows the people to to control each other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Yeah, so, so when a woman says, oh, I, I want a Christian man, because, okay, because I know the church will help me keep him under wraps, you know, for yes, yes, yes. help. And now, you know, it's oh, like I was saying earlier about the men wanting a Christian woman for that exact same reason. Mm-hmm. For the exact because they think she thing. will be more submissive and more faithful. And a lot of these, especially the black um, Protestant churches, Everyone is in everyone else's business. Everyone knows what's going on in everyone else's life. So they will, you can keep a leash on your man, and all your church sisters and brothers can keep a, a leash on, on your spouse for you as well. Another thing, too, uh, what guys, I'm going to tell some secrets here, is that guys use that as a pickup line, too, because they know that's what Christian women want to hear. Oh, I know about that. They know that's what they want to hear. They want to. That's the so. You know. Uh, you know. I want to. I want a Christian woman. In other words, implying that hey, I'm a Christian man. And you know. Uh, well, back not only when that. I, when you say I want a Christian woman, what well, a lot of Christian women women hear subconsciously is, I want a woman. Um, that is better than the norm, above average. And if this man comes to you with that line, saying that you're, he wants a Christian woman and you're what he's looking for, he's already given you that compliment by saying that you're better than these other women out here. Absolutely. And who doesn't want to hear yeah. that? <laughs> and, and, and above that, he's also saying, I'm a potential husband. Mm-hmm. Because a Christian because woman knows two Christians can't be together and not get married. Eventually. Exactly, exactly. And so that's what they're saying. And so when he says that, 
it's an automatic it, it, it's uh, a hint to her that I'm the Marian kind. I'm the Marian kind. Mm-hmm. And uh and mo as you say, most Christians women want to be married. That is their, their the ultimate goal. And mm-hmm. so they're looking for a husband. And so when he says that I, I'm a Christian man, then uh he becomes that potential husband. A lot of a lot of black all, men only go to church when they're seeking a wife or when they have a wife and she drags them there. Right. You know, and, I love what about a lot of my uh, uh, female friends tell me about guys trying to hit them up, and you know they're expecting them to be believers and theists and everything. So they lead out the gate with "I'm a saved man" and "I'm this" and "I'm that" and all that stuff right there, and you know, not knowing that they don't really care about that. What, what's the, what's the new word that they call uh, thirsty? Yeah, you know, the, the thirsty women. Well, you know. Thirsty, parched, dehydrated. Exactly. But here's the thing about how that falls apart. When, uh, you know, when a woman has has come to me and I I make it clear that I'm not a a theist, and then they'll say, well, and so they try to make me fit into that, into where they can actually rationalize being with me. They'll say, well, uh, but you, you believe in God, though, right? You know, you, you you believe in the higher power, right? And so they yeah. try, and, they try and make Unfortunately, it both these men and women are guilty of this behavior, and it's not even them, but it's not even a matter of belief. There's so many people that do this in so many aspects of a relationship where someone is clearly not compatible with them, but they're going to try their hardest to make that person fit Um you know, I've had men tell me, oh, well, you must believe in a higher power. How do you explain your life? How do you explain your intelligence? Even things like how do you explain your looks? Because apparently um, all pretty people believe in God. But, you know, every people will tell themselves whatever they have to to make you their ideal when they have this thought in their head that you're the one or they want to be with you. There's this rationalization process. You know, uh, we were speaking earlier on a on uh, one of the groups, and we're talking about the standards, okay? And one of the thing about standards is the standards change. You have one standard when you're 20. You have another one when you're 30. When you're 40, that standard has changed because as you're growing, you're, you're learning to um, find, and you get more experience, you're learning to find different things that you like and you're in different relationships and you're saying, okay, I like this in this relationship, and so I'm I'm all really against standards, so to speak. Nobody says I'm not gonna settle. Well, you can get stuck with uh, not settling. You, you know, you're stuck with this image in your head that of this perfect person that you made up in your in your mind. He doesn't exist except for in your head. And mm-hmm. and one of the things about setting these so-called standards and having these lists is that what happens. What happens when you choose, when you find this person that is almost exactly like you checked off, but you are not what he wants, or you're not what she wants? Or it turns out that the person you thought was the idea, um, you cannot stand to be around this person. 
Exactly. You never even really wanted those things. You just thought you did because everyone else did. Because everyone else did. And one of the things is uh, the person who say, you know, I hear a lot of women, have, and I'm saying women because, you know, that's my experience. You know, I'm sure probably men do the same thing. You say you want this uh, person who has uh, this great job. You know, they are successful. But one of the things that uh, financial success takes is a lot of work and a lot of time. And so you get you get with this person, you think, oh, life is going to be so great, so great. And then you get in there, and this person is gone all the time. He's on the road all the time. And uh, he's never there with you. So this romantic life that you had envisioned never, never happens. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I understand what you're saying about standards, too. It is very, very possible to have a set of standards meet someone that does not meet those standards, but you end up um, realizing that this is the person that you want and this is the person that is best suited for you. Uh, sometimes um, people um, have standards and they they oh, stop holding on to hope for, for those standards or they think that those standards are unattainable and then they find someone who is what they wanted. Um, you have standards. You have to be very – when I say I'm against standards, let me, let me, let me uh, regroup on that one. What I'm saying is your standards should be very flexible. When, when it comes – they shouldn't be so rigid that you want to allow another uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Another attribute to shine through, an attribute that you hadn't even thought of. You know, mm-hmm. I, like I said, you know, when I was, when I was younger, you know, I wanted a, a Christian woman. Because I thought that that Christian woman would be somewhat submissive, and you know, because I thought that was what she's supposed to be. That was what a perfect woman was supposed to be like. Now I wouldn't want a submissive woman. You know, that's not something that that I want anymore. You know, what I do yeah. want is someone who uh, challenges challenges me intellectually, someone who makes me think, someone who brings up subjects that I hadn't thought of, and you know, so. You know, in my household, we don't talk about uh, people so much. We talk about different things, you know, possibilities, uh, interest, interesting things that happen in the world. That's what I want, you know. And But, uh, you know, in my personal relationship, to, to get into uh, an anecdotal example, it happened by accident because I wasn't looking for it. Had I been looking for it, I probably wouldn't, found, wouldn't have found it. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I, I believe that the it, it, it tends to be the case where um, we learn a lot about ourselves based on relationships that we are in, whether they're successful or they have failed. Um, it, I really had to take a, a, a close look at myself and admit that I was having a crisis of faith when the idea of being with a man who did not believe not only didn't bother me, but actually appealed to me. I had to say to myself, why is this so appealing? Because this would not be appealing to the average Catholic woman. Why is the idea of ever having my children baptized or um, going through communion so unappealing to me? Um, Or raising my children in the church so unappealing to me? That's when I had to, you know, finally admit to myself that I was agnostic and, you know, later became atheist after that, but it it was something that I was in denial about because 
I had been so close to my church family for so long. And I know that if I had gone to one of the more charismatic evangelical churches and I and not a Catholic church, it would have been a situation where I might still be in the church because there would have been church mamas and and they probably would have gone to my house and then an intervention and then everything possible to, quote-unquote, help me through this phase. And this is what happens with a lot of theists in their marriage, where if the marriage is failing or the kids aren't acting right, all of a sudden the entire congregation is at your house trying to fix the issue. And hey, uh, hey, hey, uh, <laughs> that can't have its downside. Call right Okay, go ahead. Are you still there? I'm still yeah. here. Okay. Yeah, that can have its downside. Um, I think everyone here can attest to, um, you know, what can go wrong if there are too many people um, that have a say in your relationship. Absolutely. And yeah. and how many people are still together because they feel um, pressure to remain together because of their families and their church homes? Well, you know, you'll see that a lot with these, uh, especially uh, like these uh, uh, religious celebrities and whatnot. Like apparently, one girl from Mary Mary found out her husband was cheating on her with a friend of hers, and she has issued this, this this posting, this proclamation talking about, uh, pretty much, if I'm surmising, I'm uh, paraphrasing that they're working it out, and God is doing this, and God is doing that, and it helped me to do this, and helped me to do that. Same thing happened with several other preachers' wives, and with the guy got caught doing some dumb shit. And so now there's this whole thing where we're working it out and we, God is doing this and God is doing that and everything like that. I'm like, you know, there comes a point in time when you, you know, you realize that this is not going to work out and this thing is this thing is over. But it seems like that takes a lot more time when, it, when you involve religion in which you said that you're supposed to stick in this to thick and thin no matter what happens. You'll have to understand, though, that you're dealing with two people that are intensely religious, and she might honestly feel that it is her fault that her marriage is in Christ because she did not pray to God enough about it, she was not submissive enough to her husband, or she did not spend enough time with her husband, and that this is what caused him to cheat. She might genuinely feel this way. Her lack of devotion to him or her lack of, devo- of, of praise and worship to God might be what put her marriage in crisis, and not the fact that her husband was either disinterested, for a lot of love with her, was horny, or was bored, and that's why he cheated. And it still teaches, though, that the, it, this is not that it's the woman's fault for not, you know, kissing her husband's ass enough. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But, you know, it just it really strikes me as odd that not that it's the female. It's the wife that is issuing these pro- these declarations saying we're working out, we're doing this, we're doing all that. Well, and um, you know, when I was a kid, um, one of my favorite bands was a band called Everclear. And oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you've ever, um, if you know who they are, but um, they I'm sing one of my you. favorite songs when I was in um, when I was a kid, and um. So I looked up some information about the band, and there was actually an interview in a magazine, I don't remember which, about um, our Alexicus, who is the lead singer of Everclear. And he was saying how, you know, he grew up, it was early 70s, and his parents were divorced. And, you know, his mom um, tried welfare and she couldn't get it. And then she um, 
she, you know, went to the employment office and tried to get a job, and the woman behind the counter, excuse me, the man behind the counter actually looked her straight in the eye and told her, well, we don't have any positions for you. How about you just find another husband and try to treat him better this time? And something about that that always stuck with me in my head, I think I read this when I was 15 or 16, I never forgot reading that because I was just shell-shocked that someone would say this to another person, um, automatically assuming that she was divorced because she mistreated her husband and that um, and equating marriage to a job, something that I do to support myself. Like, we don't, you, don't have a, you don't have any work opportunities, so why don't you get married? Because that will um, keep you financially stable. Well, you know, well, you know, romantic love and ro- uh, romantic reasons for getting married is is fairly a relatively new thing. It uh, is. And so, you know, and now it's like uh, you know that we think mostly that's all there is romantic love, and anything else is uh, is is wrong. You know, eh, I I prefer romantic love, but then you know that's not the only way. And uh, I have a I have a very good friend who had pretty much an arranged marriage, and he seems to be very happy in it, you know, because, and his wife said something very, uh, I guess, uh, it was an epiphany in a sense to me. She says, you know, uh, you know, I'm very happy. You know, I said, but I hate to use the word happy. She said that, uh, and they happen to be Muslims, by the way. And uh, she said, uh, you know, when people say happy, they mean happy, happy, joy, joy, like you're, you know, you're smiling and, and having fun all the time. She said, that's not what I consider happy. She says, you know, my happiness is more like content, you know, and uh, because content is level. It's not up and down. And, you know, I, I can actually get with that. I can, you know, there was no expectation of romantic love. And what I say is that I have always said this for quite a while, that Love and lust are twin sisters, and only time can tell the difference. Well, what and and that, and I and I, I still believe that that's true because what we consider a lot of times what we call love is really it, it's, it's lust. You know, we mm-hmm. you can't you can't fall in love. I don't believe in this love at first sight thing. That's that's lust. You can't love somebody unless you know somebody. And uh, so, in the process of lust, though, you I guess when you get to you know while you're getting to know this person, you can. Uh, I guess fall in love, or what I consider love, at least. And uh, but you don't necessarily have to have romantic love. It it can be a mutual agreement, or so long as 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 you're content, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, actually, um, I'm one of those people that always said that you know the aim should be for contentment, and if you get more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Zoom time. Um, <laughs> Good help. And if you get more than that, um, if you get more than that, then you know all the better. Right. Um, you know there are times in my life where I have tried to reach, overreach, and it was it was I met with failure and it was very very disappointing. Now the reason why that word content though, um, I've always felt weird using it is because in French. The word content, which is spelled like content, means happy. Mm. 
So so you don't you don't get any any leverage off of that word, huh? No, I don't. I don't. I don't see like this grand epiphany in differentiating from the two. Um, right. unless I'm because, speak, because unless they're, they're prim- exactly. primary. Okay, but Love speak French. Hello, Mario. She's let let her speak French to me again. Go, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the fact of the matter is, um, is, um, I really don't see a difference between them either. Um, what people see, what your friend described as the, the that that happy, happy joy, joy. I don't see it mm. as either happiness or joy, or even contentment. I see it as excitement. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm dealing with something personal that causes a lot of pain in my life, and um, you know, Mario knows about this. I have a health condition, and people, will, I'll be with friends, and they'll see me smiling or laughing. And, you know, um, I read something the other day that, like, really hit hit home because it's exactly what I feel in those situations. Just because I'm, I'm, I'm smiling doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not unhappy or just because I'm laughing doesn't mean that I'm happy. It only means that I'm enjoying that moment. And I feel that um, excitement, which is what I feel that kind of ecstatic happiness to be, um, Excitement is a very temporary emotion. You cannot exactly. be excited all the time. You 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 cannot be excited all the time. If you were, I'm pretty sure that would be like be a, a mental condition. <laughs> um, to be excited all the time, um, it's in the moments of calm when you can truly assess how you how you're how you're feeling um, long term, or at least in, on that particular day, week, month, whatever. You can only be calm, and I feel alone and not surrounded by other people and not distracted by other things to truly assess how you feel or don't feel about a situation. No, I, you know, I, um, I, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. Uh, mm-hmm. But going going back to the, the religious connection thing, see, here's the thing. If, if As long as you can reach that, level of contentment you know i i'm not necessarily uh against the community trying to protect itself you know and when i say protect itself to try and keep marriages together and everything the only the only thing is i think that relationships should be based upon something real and when you when you start going with something that isn't real then everything on you know if the foundation isn't real then nothing in it is real and you're actually fooling yourself if you're if you're out to to get romantic love and what you're getting is is more of an arranged type marriage uh you know, something that you did uh because you thought it was the right thing to do then you're going to be uh you're not going to be content because uh, I think marriages, having been in a couple myself, uh, it means that it, it is it is it is filled of where unhappiness comes from is unfulfilled expectations. You know, everybody has these expectations of what it's supposed to be like and what they've been taught that it's going to be like, and when that doesn't materialize, then it comes into you, you're stuck in this thing, in this uh, in this this arrangement that you can't get out of with, without the entire community uh, pushing a little guilt on you. Yeah. Um, 
that's my issue too as well. I feel like um um and you brought up a good point point with your um, Muslim friend. I also have a Muslim friend who I knew in high school who um was got into an arranged marriage at seventeen. And she feels that it's perfectly legitimate. There's nothing wrong with it. She and her husband have a great deal of respect for each other. They have a child together, et cetera. Um, and I really had to check myself because I was illegitimizing, illegitima, illegitimizing. <laughs> Why my tongue tied today? Mm. Illegitimizing their the validity of their relationship because they weren't in love. I'm like, why is love important? Because you've seen too many Disney movies, and that's Actually. why. <laughs> it's like, it's important you know, to you, I, I, it's not I, I, important I, I, to her. I find it to be a hilarious idea that um, that love is supposed to be the, 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 the thing that, like, I got into an argument with the next um, that I was with, and uh, which things are going, you know, there are a few financial issues, there are other issues, job-related, stuff like that. But, you know, the idea that love is the only glue that you need and everything and that you can make it through anything, I don't really believe in a lot of that because, you know, Georgia Power do not accept love as a payment. So if if things are not going right, then they're not going right. And mm-hmm. it's more hilarious when you when you imagine that we have such a romanticized idea based on old Hollywood movies and, uh, you know, like you just said, Disney and whatnot, that we get this idea that a lot of these these fairy tale marriages that we saw were never fought with any type of issue or complaints or whatever whatever problems that they had, they worked out. And the only thing you have to do is keep trying, and you you know it's going to work out. But a lot of times, you just do not work out, and mm-hmm. it's just not meant for you and that person to click together. You're not sexually compatible, you're not compatible on multiple levels and whatnot. So the only thing you end up doing is compounding a situation that probably should have been over a long time ago. You know, this is exactly what I have to tell myself, too. Like, I know what I want in a relationship. I want love. I want companionship. Um, I want someone that would be a respectful partner and a good father. Um, But I cannot um, say that anyone else's marriage is less than because they do not want those things. And I feel that this is a huge problem with the religious community at large is because they see two people that share the same genitalia, their marriage is less than. Um, Two people that don't share the same skin tone, their marriage is less than. Um, And it's always an issue where um, using your own beliefs and your own marriage or idea of marriage is a litmus test by Absolutely, I totally agree with that. You know, um, I was I was uh, thinking earlier, and you know, when the whole subject of uh, when I heard you guys talk about homosexuality, I have a sneaking suspicion that homosexuality is probably uh, almost, if not equal to, and and when when I say equal to, in numbers as heterosexual people are because it, it, like I say, as you say, it's nothing new. It's, it's always been around. And, uh, it, and as a matter of fact, some native American tribes considered that a person who were, who was uh, homosexual was, uh, they put them on a, a priestly level because they had, the, they had the, the, the spirits of both male and female, which made right. them special. Now, 
it's the it's, it's perspective in looking at this, but I think that the church, primarily the Christian and, and the Islamic and Judaism, have pushed uh, a entire orientation underground. So, mm-hmm. so we we you can't really say how the numbers are, but I suspect that it's it's far more than than we think think it is. So it's far more common than we think it is, and so. Um, that these that they should have to me it, it 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 is the it isn't even a question should they have I don't think the government or anybody else should have the church should have control over their members mm-hmm. now if they if it but the government should have anything to do with it. it it shouldn't even be a question of uh whether it should be legal or not what 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 adults do we, we always talk about freedom in this country you know what people choose to do outside of uh, the moral if I'm not a Christian in other words if I'm not a Christian then I should not be held to Christian standards so, yeah, I agree with that. you know I, so why should you know if the church doesn't want to marry someone who's, who's gay uh, same-sex marriages then they shouldn't be they shouldn't be forced to however the government shouldn't have the option of uh, of not accepting a same-sex marriages. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. understand, though, um, different churches, especially the mega churches and all the money they're pulling in from their members, they have so many lobbyists and so many politicians in their back pocket. And as, and as much as, uh, as the Constitution says, and we want to believe that there's a separation of church and state, the fact that we are still debating abortion over 40 years after this was supposed to be done and dusted speaks volumes. Um, Oklahoma banned abortion last year. We're still discussing women's rights. We're still dis- discussing contraception. I, I mean, we are still, I believe it's only 20% of the country, 10 of the states that allow um, same-sex marriage in the year 2013. It's yeah. it's ridiculous, and it, it shows just how um, deep, you know, the pockets and the reach of religion goes. You, you know, and, and, it, and, it's, and it's ironic that a lot of the, the people who are are talking about uh, they distrust the government, and the government uh, shouldn't be able to do this, and the freedom from the government, and they don't ask that same thing from their churches, from their religion, mm-hmm. because uh, the religion is really a shadow government. You know, it is the, it is the government that uh, self that polices itself. Yeah. You know, we we don't we don't they don't have they don't have a uh, an FBI, but because we we're so brainwashed, so uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, that they don't have to. We will we will we will uh, police each other. You know, well, well, uh, not us, but you know. Uh, I just want to interject right quick. If uh, any, if you uh, want to call in and be a part of the conversation, it's three one zero nine eight two forty two seventy three. And press one, and uh, you'll be entering into the conversation, or you can just sit and chill and just listen to the conversation going on, like me. So you know, just uh, if you're out there and you want to jump in, come on. Get you on. know, and Tim brought up a really good point um, earlier about um, saying that there might be equal number of homosexuals and heterosexuals. Um, I don't feel that way. I actually feel that. Um, People who are truly 
homo, or heterosexual are the minority and that the vast majority of people are on the spectrum of bisexuality. Um, You know, people talk about homosexuality being a choice all the time, um, but we all know that orientation is not a choice. What you do is a choice. Um, There are so many people um, that are bisexual that have made the choice to be with someone of the same sex because it is more socially acceptable. There are plenty of homosexuals that have made the choice to be with someone of the opposite sex because, um, you know, they want a family. It's more socially acceptable. They want to be accepted, et cetera, et cetera. I believe that the numbers of people that are just truly homosexual and just fit in are very, very small. You know, uh, I I won't disagree with you there because, uh, you know, there the, because of the way we look at uh, sexuality in this country, it's very hard to know for sure. And uh, so I, I won't argue with you there because you, you could very well be right. And uh, I, I do recall reading this study which they uh, connected, you know, straight people to some sensors that, uh, and they showed them, uh, I guess, pornographic pictures to see what a, uh, what what, what make them aroused and there were really no big surprises in it because uh except one and that uh heterosexual men were aroused by women heterosexual hetero i mean uh gay men were aroused by other men gay women were aroused by women now the only surprise came is that the self-identified heterosexual straight women were aroused by both men and women and so, and so the thing about what what sexuality is, we really don't have a lot of information in that because it is has been such a taboo, taboo uh, thing to to talk about and to, to really look at. We we have these uh, strong opinions about what it is, but we really don't know a whole lot about human sexuality. Mm-hmm. We do we do know that in nature, that almost every uh, species uh, that has been studied in, in plants and animals, there is homosexuality uh, involved. And I'm not just talking about, uh, you know, the sex act. I'm talking about uh, pair bonding, uh, child rearing, you know, the whole gambit of what relationship, how we measure relationships. So uh, when people say, well, it's unnatural, well, that is it's just the opposite. It's very natural. It, it occurs in every... And, and like I said, every studied uh, animal there is, and so yeah. so like I said, we don't know the all of the the reasons for our sexuality. You know, at one time I thought, well, it's for re- you know reproduction, and a friend of mine uh, convinced me otherwise. Says, no, it's not. It, it, it couldn't be just for that. Just for that, you know. Uh, and so you may be right. Is what I'm saying, and. Uh, and, and which even goes to show, still, we shouldn't have these well-defined. Okay, you know, you're, you're either straight, you're either, you know, uh, although I identify myself as, as straight, but but you know, I can't judge. I don't know what everybody else is. I can't. I can only speak for me, and 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 I can't say that they are wrong because I'm not them. Yeah. You know. I. You know. <laughs> I think the thing that um, really you know, you me, oh, go ahead, Mario. I think the thing that really bugs me the most about the whole idea of, of defining 
uh, gender and sexual roles and whatnot is the fact that people really believe they, they, they take on this idea that you have this list of attributes that's supposed to conform to what you are or what they think you are. And if you don't fit in those, those, fit into those parameters, then there's something wrong with you because society has set what you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to act like, what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. And if you don't, and if you're, you're trying to bug like pink. that, that whatever. <laughs> you're not supposed to like pink. Men right, are not right, like right. Pink, so. But the human race has a long history of fearing and then trying to um, to um, er, um, compartmentalize and eradicate that which is it does not understand. And you know, Tim brought up um, the perfect segue into the other topic of discussion, which is taboos. Um, there are so many social taboos about homosexuality, bisexuality, polyamory, open marriages, open relationships. Obviously, um, theists and atheists see this worlds apart from one another. Um, and even, you know, theists that do participate in polyamorous um, relationships or open relationships and marriages, that is not something that they would exactly tell their church family about. No, I'm still into, I'm still, my, my thing is I'm still into monogamy. I'm still into the one-on-one deal and whatnot. I see the emergence of polyamory, especially among uh, atheists and whatnot, and I do still see the idea of marriage being the holy grail of a relationship and the theists and whatnot. I just think that we're, we're reaching a point in, in society where we've, we've got to, there's so many things that are changing. The idea of religion is being the, the dominant force in society and the only way that you can do anything and everything and the, that you have to lean on this force in order to get anything in your life done. And then you have um, the changing um, idea of what what defines marriage, what marriage really is, and whatnot. Even you know, saying the uh, LGBT movement is challenging society to think outside the box and stop thinking that only these people are cool people, and these people here have to earn the right to do the same things that the majority can already do. So mm-hmm. I think that when, especially when it's coming to uh, um, especially American life. The status quo is changing, and the people really are trying to buck the change, but the change is inevitable. There's too much momentum behind the change, and we're going to change. Marriage, marriage has already dropped drastically from 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. I was re- reading an article about that just yesterday, and which just said that you know new marriages, the marriage rate has really declined, and many people are opting not to get married. And I can understand that. Love is one thing. Love is a very important thing, true. But if I marry Emmeline today, in 10, 15, 20 years from now, I just, we decide we've had enough. She get on my nerves. She eats my damn bacon. Won't let me watch my porn. And I stuff hate like bacon. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, we, we would never get damn married anyway, see. You know, um, if yeah, we decide. You cheated on me with bacon, a, you just said. <laughs> so, you know, we decided we don't want to do this anymore. Well, now we got a lot of issues to work out. It's not just, well, you go your way, and I go my way. It's, well, who's going to get the car? Who's going to get, who's going to get the house? Who's going to get the dog? If we have kids, what's, what's going to happen with that? How much my stuff is going with you? How much your stuff is going with me? All this other shit that's got to go down in order to say, I no longer want to associate with you in my life. And I want to lead a new life in everything. And 
you know, yeah, it's just such a messy thing. And I just like, you know, before I have to do all that, I need to know for a fact that it's not going to be necessary for me to cut the break lines and save myself some money. You know, there's, I'm just, you know. There's no way, there's no way you can know that. As there's no way you can know that because so many things happen during the relationship. You know, uh, going back to the polyamory thing, uh, the, the, one of the things that I, I think you have to do is you have to examine, you know, you know what is the what is the pushback from polyamorous relationships or open marriages or whatever, and it, it comes down to jealousy, and mm-hmm. and so now. Why are we jealous? You know, what is the thing uh, about jealousy? And what I think jealousy is, is the fear of losing the other person to someone else. But that's what jealousy comes yeah. down to. Now, if you can uh, make a commitment or a or convince the other person that, you know, that that's not going to happen, you know that you you know, and that's and this is kind of a, I guess a good thing for mar- in marriage, and that that no matter what, hey, look, you know, I can be with this other person, but I'm not going anywhere from you. Then that uh, that but that's a hard thing to overcome. Jealousy is a hard thing to overcome because you know it's fear. Like most everything is ruled by fear, and even if the the fear may be unfounded, but it's it you have to overcome that fear. To even if even if you're going to be in a monogamous relationship, you have to overcome the fear of losing the other person. You know, I don't see myself as being a jealous person. Um, I've never been with someone and been afraid that they were going to leave me, or accuse them of cheating, mm-hmm. or you know, got on their case for meaningless flirting. But I know myself, and I know that I could never share. Um, a man that I was with. Um, like, you know, I, I joke about this all the time, like when people talk about, like, the Mormon community and the sister mm-hmm. wives, but I'd be the sister wife that poisoned everyone, ended up in jail, and then ended up becoming someone's prison wife, and that vicious cycle <laughs> would just never end. <laughs> but then you say, okay, when you say that, you know, you can never be, you can never share a man, then isn't that, in, in a sense, jealousy? No, um, I don't see it as jealousy. I see it as possessiveness. And, um, well, not possessiveness so much because I don't care if the person I'm with doesn't spend all their time with me or that we don't do, we're not together every moment of every day. But I'm very territorial. Um, I'm even this way with my friends, and it's really weird. Like, if if my best friends introduce me to another friend, like, I'll get a little bit, like, you know, a little bit missed, even though I have like five best friends. <laughs> but, but isn't but isn't it at at the core? Isn't that the core? Uh, that's jealousy. No, I'm not. I'm never afraid of losing them. I've known a lot then, of them then, for then longer, why, then for why, over two decades. Then I, I, I'm not understanding why. Why would you want to share? Wouldn't want to share them. I mean, um, I, I I think it's a situation where um, it's part of my personality to want to be everything for everyone. If I'm in a relationship, I would give it my all. I'd want to be that person's friend, that person's lover, that person's confidant, that person's helper. And if there were another woman in the picture, then my my idea would be, what have I failed to do that this person is doing? So it's a it's a showcase of my own insecurity more than fear of losing that person. Okay. Uh, um. Well. Um. 
I'm glad I'm glad that you said that because uh, I think that was an honest answer. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean that, that that's just that's just the way that I am, and I am honest enough about with myself to know like that situation that's not going to work. I'm not going to put myself in that situation because I could not make it on the inside. Yeah, you know, I, know that. I'm, I'm going to admit, you know, straight on out the gate that. Um, I I do I am I guess I am a little possessive I guess I am a little jealous I, I guess however you want however it's looked at and whatnot if I'm with this woman I think here and I, I think everybody is to a degree yeah I mean because you know I'm looking at it if I'm dating you or we're in a relationship and we went into this thing I want you you want me then that's the way I'm looking at it to be I'm expecting it to be. If I find out there's some some bitch creeping around and everything like that, I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not the type of person that reacts to everything. A lot of things rolls off my shoulder. If she can handle it, I'm not even gonna worry about it. You know what I'm saying? But if I come home and find, you know, you know, a dude in in the in in, in the apartment, you know, he's sitting in there watching the game and everything, I don't know who this son bitch is. We gotta talk about some things. Stuff like that, you know. I don't. I mean, that was a situation we had in which uh, uh, an old male friend, a friend of her, come back coming in town. Um, she's known this guy for like ten years and everything like that. And I respect the fact that she has a male friend. I don't care about that. The way that the the problem was is that uh, um, the problem was is that the guy said some things about me. I don't even know the dude. But the guy was saying some things about me. She, we had a discussion and talking to her, her you know, talking to her, talk, telling her things that he probably shouldn't have said and everything. I didn't appreciate that because I'm like, my man don't know me. He doesn't know anything about my business and stuff like that. And so now we get into this argument where it's like, well, who is, you know, who is the person that you're listening to? I mean, because yeah, it got all convoluted and everything. We eventually worked all that shit out. And I said, "Fuck it, you know, you know the bottom, you know the bottom line is, know who you with, and if yeah, you're exactly. with that person, then you're with that person. And if yeah, you're I've not with, really... issue with that either. Like people mm-hmm. can have friends of the opposite sex. Um, you know, most of my friends are men. Um, one of my very best friends is a man. We've known each other for almost twelve years now. Um, my um husband's um." Um, best friend was a woman, um, and I kind of, I kind of, hmm. He was a woman. Yeah, um, I kind of stole her from him. <laughs> She's my best mm-hmm. friend now, <laughs> but um, oh. but you know, I never had an issue with it um, because, you know, maybe it's because I I read a lot into people's body languages, but. If two people are feeling each other, it's obvious from the way they interact that they're feeling each other. And if they're just friends, it should be obvious by the way they, they interact as well. Um, just because a person's attracted to women doesn't mean he wants to sleep with every woman in his life or every woman that he sees. Well, it depends. I mean, if, he's on the, if, if he's on the 25, he does. <laughs> I'm telling you, he does. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe what I just heard. <laughs> am I right, am I, I, I right Mario? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if he's on the twenty five, every woman he sees. Wow. Mine. Yeah, I remember I remember being just like that, man. You know, if it if it had a vagina, I was gonna try to get in there. 
And then when I got to be <laughs> toward the end of what towards me getting in my thirties, it it got really old and to a point where I just like I, just, I, think, I have I, no interest. I think men start to mature around around thirty. And uh and after hey, a while You guys you guys you guys just brought down the whole cause like so hard right now. I'm trying to put you on a pedestal and say you're you're more evolved than this. But now you're telling me that you guys want to sleep with everybody? No, no, yeah. we said under 25. Oh, okay. <laughs> you missed that part. That's the men start to mature at at, at around 30. When, uh, but if if you're under 25 or or, or 27, you know, up around that age, you know that yeah, that's pretty much the the whole thing. You know, that's what I tell my daughters. You know, you don't want to get married or whatever. You know, even if you want to get married, you don't want to get married too soon because. Uh, especially if you want a monogamous relationship, you marry a guy too young, and you know you're you're asking for trouble because you're asking him to do something that's pretty unnatural. You know, uh, and he's he's not ready for that. He's he's not going to be monogamous at, at under twenty five or twenty seven. Uh, I don't believe that, Tim. Actually, I proof uh, to the contrary. Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, I will say when I say that, I'm generalizing, of course. But I would, I would, I tell you what, if I had, if we had 10 guys here, I would put money, uh, everything I have that eight of them over the course of, of 10 years will cheat. Mm. You know, I'm pretty sure that there are men and women oh, I'm who, sure have, who I'm have quote unquote sure friends, who have I'm quote sure unquote friends of the opposite sex who they are either openly or secretly attracted to do they kind of keep in their back pocket when things aren't working out in their relationship or they just want to, you know, fuck somebody else and they'll be like, hey, friend, want to get together? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But um, I, don't, I don't harbor any, um, you know, um, latent sexual desire for, 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 for anyone that I call a friend. And my husband didn't, you know, either and it was one of those situations where I could trust this person and you know that was the foundation of the, of that relationship because I didn't have to worry and I didn't have to feel insecure that he was going to seek something with somebody else you know we make our own realities i think and but you know i'm i'm trying to be as as realistic uh as possible and you know judging by my own experience and not anybody else's but uh, what I what I find is that women tend, you know, they you kind of did what uh, a lot of women do. They don't want to believe that that men are are like that, or you know, not you know, it's just like women sometimes do with their preachers. Yeah, I understand what you're saying about preachers and stuff, but not mine. Oh no, my my pastor doesn't do that. And the thing is, is that I, I, when I say most men, I mean I'm not saying every man, every man. But the vast majority of men, we're just not built that way. It's not not saying anything about anybody's particular character. I'm just saying that um, I don't think that uh, mankind is meant to be monogamous. That's that's my, that, you know that's my opinion. That's that's backed with quite a bit of research. I don't think that we're meant to be monogamous for life. And I agree uh, with you. And so uh, I think that nature is against someone trying to be married. Uh, you know. You know, at at an early age, you're trying to be that way forever. That's why you know we have these serial uh, serial monogamy. It's what we do. We uh, for the so, the so-called upstanding gentleman. You know, he'll he'll be a serial monogamist. 
You know, that's I, I guess that's what I've been. I've been married, you know, in relation, you know, in these long-term relationships. But if you look over the course of my life, there's been quite a few long-term relationships. And uh, so, you know, I'm doing the same thing. And so, and now, that's what, I, I agree with you that that monogamy um, isn't um, isn't instinctive and natural to the human species. However, I do feel that there are people, um, and I'm including myself in that, who, um, for emotional reasons, cannot have um, cannot be happy in a relationship that is not monogamous. Um, and you mean knowing? I don't. Th- I don't. I don't think knowing this is the norm. I, well, it's I, kind I, of like what I was saying before about how I feel that hormone heterosexuals are the minority and the majority of people actually fall somewhere on the spectrum of bisexual. I feel that way about monogamy. So that most people fall on a spectrum of, you know, um complete monogamy to um completely polyamorous. Um there are some people that would be that um that function best in several long term relationships or juggling two partners at a time. Or if you go up to Utah, you know, fourteen wives is what you know is a so, cherry on my ice cream. <laughs> so, so, so you're saying that most people are either uh, totally monogamous? Is, that, is this what I'm? I'm, I'm what you're no, saying? no, no. I think I think the minority of people are monogamous. A very, okay, very, okay, very small okay. minority. Okay, then we're, and I think that everyone else falls on a spectrum of of you know monogamish. Kind of monogamous, but not really. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna recycle and rotate partners every few years, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think uh, we're in agreement. There. And then you have the extreme end where I need to have at least three people in my life at all times, um, mm-hmm. and and kind of juggle that relationship, whether or not they're aware. That's a different story. But like that's the life that that that's the how I can be having a relationship. And I know that I'm in a very very small minority of people that functions best in a monogamous relationship just because I'm very, very um openly emotional and um and I want that emotional give and take in a relationship. I just think it would be exhausting to do that with more than one person. So maybe I'm monogamous because I'm lazy. <laughs> so. let, let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, you know, I, I, I formed a hypothesis. You know, like I said, I have no no uh but this is just an opinion that I find that what I've noticed is that low information people, the people who aren't necessarily uh, intellectually curious, you know, the, the, the deep believers that they're more apt to be in a monogamous relationship and stay that way than people who are intellectually curious and who are, uh, you know, you know more information savvy. I agree with that, and I also think that the answer is in the hypothesis. You said intellectually curious. I mean, intellectual curiosity doesn't just extend to science and um, literature and music, but every aspect of the natural and unnatural world, and that includes the human body. You're going to want to connect with other people on a physical and intellectual and emotional basis. The more a person learns and the stronger their desire to learn grows, the more curious they become about their fellow men. And that curiosity doesn't end 
you know, you know, at the surface where your clothes are. Right. I, you know, yeah. Yeah. It definitely killed You see the last uh thirteen minutes of the show, so we're gonna get get ready to start wrapping it on up here and whatnot. Um any last comments you wanna make uh him, Emily? Um, I would probably just say um, for anybody that's out there in a relationship right now, be honest with yourself and be honest with your partner or partners if you go that way. <laughs> yeah, I I concur. Uh, you know, there's, there's you don't lie to your lawyer, you don't lie to yourself. And you definitely don't lie to your partner. Uh, you know that makes things much much easier, and uh, easier to keep your you know tell the truth if you're if you tell the truth all the time. You know, mm-hmm. especially and if you're in the middle of court proceedings, um, make sure they don't find out your Facebook password. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys. Th- thanks for having me, and uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. All, all right, it was great having me. you on the show, Tim. Thanks for calling. Okay. Good night. Good night. You know, are you, you know, the Mickey uh, Mouse song now. <laughs> what now? Are you gonna sing that Mickey Mouse Club goodbye song now? Oh no! Yeah. Nobody okay, wants okay. to hear me sing. It'd be like, I don't know. I guess it'd be like watching a Medea movie or all Medea movies. One Medea movie. You just you know, want bad Tyler listen- Perry vibes. <laughs> the lesson to be learned from today's show. If you want her to be like. Well, no, 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 no. Wrong one. Wrong one. If you want to be like, no, it's wrong one, too. Shit. I thought I had... Okay, so I thought I had uh, recorded a different one. Either way, go. Aha. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> if you don't be like that, I feel you, dirty. Have to be more, you have to be more like this. Get over here. And then be like this, and you know, handle it. You know what I'm saying? I always be like this. Nine, 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 nine. The bullshit. And if any any some bitch tries to intercede into your relationship, be like this. Son of a bitch, must pay. Right on. And so, and live a life that you can end up going like this. I'm pretty sure the only person who lived a life like that um, were um, Paul Bateman from American Psycho and Jigsaw from the Saw films. But he had fun. He had a clown. So you got to look on the bright side. Please don't kill anyone, guys. Please, please don't kill anyone. Well, that's, I wouldn't say about everybody, but um, upcoming shows, upcoming shows. Kim, um, let me scroll up. Um, tune in There's Sunday. There's a really juicy show coming up on Sunday, right? Yeah. On uh, intersectionality. Thank you. Um, you know, I didn't know if I was gonna better say that on my own. Intersectionality in the community. Cool. Um, yeah, appreciate it. 
Um, that's coming up Sunday. That's going to be 1 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. Tune in for that. Next uh, next Sunday, or the 16th of June, will be Black Male Feminist. And um, that's going to be a pretty interesting um, show as well, you know. All these shows are interesting. We try to keep giving yeah. you that good shit. Yeah. You know. And, oh, I, I finally got the lyrics to that song. What song? Yeah. The Mickey Mouse Club song that you were trying to sing last oh. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm really, yeah. really glad that we had um, such a great show today. Um, thank you again, Tim, for calling in. We had a really, really great time. Um, and this is a very interesting um, topic. Um, um, next week's topic, I mean, excuse me, two weeks from now, our topic will be very, very interesting. I say that I rub my hands together maniacally. But um, you'll have to tune in to see what that is. And um, we look forward to hearing from you guys. Believe it, believe it, believe it, believe it. And... Uh that's when I thought I was out. I thought, yeah, he pulled me back in. Back in. <laughs> all Aww. right. So, um, with all that said and done, everybody, you have a safe weekend. Enjoy yourself. Um, take it easy and um, just live, laugh, and learn, and do some shit. Do do some. Damn it, just just enjoy your. Have weekend. an orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get cracking on that. All right. We'll see y'all next time. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by faith in a lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, shown me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310.